Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, what interim head coach Antonio Pierce feels about the team following checking out the game film from Sunday's loss to Miami. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 21st, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you and my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube looking good and sounding good, and we shout him out and we appreciate him. Check him out on Twitter, at Ari Produces. Matter of fact, give him a follow on Twitter, at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well, at your boy Q254, and we got the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts got a lot of feedback following the loss to the Dolphins on Sunday. We'll get as much in as possible coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, I kind of want to caution all of Raider Nation to just pump the brakes a little bit. Don't overreact to what you saw to the loss to the Dolphins on uh, on Sunday. A lot of folks are ready to get rid of Antonio Pierce, get rid of Aiden O'Connell. Remember, it's only been three games since Pierce has taken over, since Aiden O'Connell has been officially the starter, since Bo Hardegree has been officially the offensive play caller, since Champ Kelly has been the interim GM. So we got to kind of take that into perspective, but we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, kind of go over some of the keys to Sunday's game and uh, hear from what Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach, had to say at the Intermountain Health Performance Center as we had an opportunity to catch up with them on Monday. So we'll get into that as soon as I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. So let's go ahead and jump right into it again. The Raiders lose to the Dolphins 20-13, uh, dropping their overall record of 5-6 and six on the season. Of course, this will be the last day that we really talk about the Miami Dolphins. We'll move on to the upcoming game against the Kansas City Chiefs coming up on tomorrow's show. Then we'll have the crossover edition on Thursday, and we know it's a little bit of a different week with the Thanksgiving holiday, but we'll make it happen. So uh, as we get back in, into this game, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I mentioned before that the offense never got going. This offense goes as Josh Jacobs goes. 14 carries, 39 yards, one catch for 12 yards. That's not going to get it done. This offense doesn't go without Josh Jacobs. So I had an opportunity to ask Antonio Pierce on Monday about jump-starting the offense. Like, what do you do if a team like Miami you know, stops Josh Jacobs and says, hey, he's not going to beat us. You'll hear my question and Antonio Pierce's response. Here it is. Check it out. You mentioned before how Josh Jacobs, the offense goes through Josh Jacobs. As he goes, they go. When a team focuses on slowing him down like Miami did, how do you kind of get that thing jump-started? Yeah, well, yeah, we've, we've seen that now in the last three weeks. The Giants did it, the Jets did it. Just being consistent. Um, obviously, we, we don't want those touches to be at that 14 mark. That's not our number. Our magic number is 20-plus. And... Uh, we got to stay with it. You know, it's not always pretty. There's a, a one yard or two yard there, but it, you know, yesterday there were some fives, some eight and nines, and, and we just got to remember that. You know, as we're calling in and stick with it. And I, I give Josh a lot of credit. He's very patient, uh, frustrated like we all were with the result yesterday. And obviously, uh, you know, I've said since I've gotten here, it will run through Josh Jacobs. 
Um, that opens up everything for Devontae, for Jacoby. I mean, you see Crazy Legs, Hunter Winfrey doing what he was doing yesterday. So it just opens up for our entire office and our O-line. It helps everybody out. So um, that, 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 that'll that be the plan. Everybody knows there's no hidden agenda. Yeah, we got the best running back in football, and we're going to use them, and we need to use them. So I love his conviction right there. Hey, this is going to go through Josh Jacobs, right? We got to be over 20 carries. He's got to do it. Uh, we got the best rusher in the league, and we're going to use him. I love that answer. Now, I know that that doesn't mean that it's always going to work, but it lets it be known that, hey, they've got to have a commitment to the run game. And that's all that we've ever asked, right? I mean, how many times last year did we talk about why did they go away from the run? Why did they go away from the run? And I get it against high power offenses. Some of the times you got to open things up. If you get too far behind and you're trying to run the ball, it's not going to do you very much, very good. But this offense is built to really open up with the rush game. So I love the fact that he's at least committing to this is what we're going to do. This is what I told Josh Jacobs we're going to do. And we're going to see that through no matter what. If it's good, bad, or ugly, we're going to make that happen. Aiden O'Connell, uh, 24 for 41, 260 yards, a touchdown, three picks, and was sacked a couple times for 11 yards. So uh, he wouldn't talk about it. When I say he, I mean interim head coach Antonio Pierce wouldn't talk about O'Connell's performance following the game because he wanted to look at the film. Well, after he got an opportunity to check out the film, what do you think about the performance of one Aiden O'Connell? Yeah, I think, it, you know, two halves, right? First half, executing, getting the ball where we wanted to, you know, maybe a throw or two here we wish we could have and complete. Um, and the second half, as, as we know, uh, you know, no need to press there. There's some situation where we're probably pressing. We've talked about it. It's, it's going to be a, obviously a, a great learning lesson, uh, not just for Aiden, but for myself, you know, and, and what positions we put him in and how we allow the flow of the game to go, then not to have that kind of stress on a young quarterback. So uh, it's a team effort. It's a team's uh, disappointment as well. It's not on Aiden. Aiden, we didn't lose the game because of Aiden. All right, let's, let's, get that, let's get that straight. But uh, Aiden does know he needs to take care of the ball. That's, that's the quarterback's number one job. And we'll get better at that. So there you hear the assessment right there from interim head coach Antonio Pierce on Aiden O'Connell and clearly struggling, uh, really struggling to protect the ball, something that he's got to be able to do. And you heard what uh, Coach Pierce said right there, right? His number one job, he's got to be able to protect the ball. So when a quarterback, a young quarterback, is struggling, uh, how does he deal with that? What does he expect the team to do? thought this was a pretty good answer here from Antonio Pierce. That's where you want the team to kind of rally around the guy. I mean, look around the National Football League. A lot of young quarterbacks are playing. A lot of guys are struggling with young quarterbacks. Some guys are doing really well. Um, and, you know, for two games, we did well. And we had one half that wasn't didn't go the Raiders' way. And, again, uh, I, you know, as we talk about it, you know, our leaders up front, you know, from Colton Miller to Dre to, you know, Josh Jacobs to Tay, you know, they, they got to put their arm around a young guy because, listen, we all have had rough days like that in the office and not to point fingers at anybody. You can't do that. You know, it's a team effort when we win. It's a team effort when we lose. So he's leaning on his leadership, something he said the last three weeks. He's leaning on his leadership for multiple uh, things, right, and, and really to have them police the locker room. And that's not a bad thing, right? If, I mean, if you're going to uh, celebrate that when they win and say, hey, the, the, the locker room is policing themselves, well, you got to take that on a loss as well. So finally, when it comes to Aiden O'Connell, I asked Antonio Pierce about that final drive before halftime. I thought that was a bad decision. Uh, and it's about Aiden O'Connell because, well, he said following the game he was trying to protect his quarterback. So you're going to hear my question. You'll hear his answer about that final drive before halftime. I know it's easy to second guess, but looking back at that last drive before half, I know you said you wanted to kind of protect the quarterback. you still right. feel that way after looking at the film? or uh, I think not just the quarterback, but just our defense as well. They were getting the ball at the beginning of the second half, very explosive offense, had three, two timeouts, excuse me. Um, our philosophy on, on certain days is to do things a certain way. Uh, with that clock and where it was, and we're in field goal position, go ahead and take as much time off the clock as we could. Let's play this thing out, right? So we do that. We don't convert the first down. We kick a field goal. 
they don't concede. They throw the ball and complete a 30-yard pass with timeouts. So you can see what they they were very aggressive in their mode. And we knew that. We didn't want to have any more seconds on the clock. So that was the philosophy there. And obviously, they were getting the ball back in the second half. Didn't want to give them any other opportunities and possessions. Again, I didn't think that that was a good decision. Uh, I understand the breakdown. I understand the reasoning behind it when you hear what he had to say, especially when you saw what Miami did. They did get the ball back, and they did try to get aggressive. That's what they're going to do. But in that opportunity, when you have a short field, you just created a nice turnover. You got momentum. You know Miami's going to get the ball to start the second half. There's nothing nicer than to go into the locker room and get a touchdown. You know, before you get in the locker room, score that touchdown uh, as opposed to getting a field goal. But, again, that's Antonio Pierce uh, believing in what he's doing. Uh, you know, and, and there's going to be growing pains. I mean, remember, and we'll talk about this coming up in segment number three, it's only his third game as the interim head coach of a team in the NFL. So it's not like this is something that uh, you get named the, the head coach and all of a sudden you got all the answers to the riddle, right? I mean, that was the reasoning. I respect the reasoning. I you know, respectfully disagree with it. I think that they should have been more aggressive, but you understand what he was talking about and why he did what he did in the decision that they made. And again, he owned it like, Hey, this was what I decided to do defensively. Defense did a really good job, created three turnovers officially, two fumbles, two fumble recoveries, had the interception coming out of the locker room at halftime. They created the turnover on downs. Miami had a missed field goal. So the opportunities were there. So here's Antonio Pierce on the optimism he has going into this week's game versus Kansas City based off what the defense was able to accomplish against the number one offense in the league in the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, we, we know what we did really well. We know we didn't do well, especially against an elite receiver like Hill. Uh, but we're going to deal with that with Kelsey and, and probably one of the best quarterbacks in game and Patrick Mahomes who we have ultimate respect for and Andy Reid is a play caller um, it's, it's, it's a good thing for our defense over the last three weeks to do what they've been doing it's just getting better and better we're healthy guys are flying around they're having fun they're not blinking the turnovers has been really critical for us you know the guys just attacking the football you saw that with Nate Hobbs. You see Max doing every play. Robert Splane almost had another interception. So just, you know, like I told you guys last week, defense travels. Uh, I thought they did a good job last week of bringing their lunch pail and getting ready to work, and we're going to have to do that here at home. So the defense is giving them opportunities, right? The, 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 the opposing teams are only averaging 20 points per game on the Raiders. And if you told me at the beginning of the season that the defense was only going to allow 20 points per game, I would say that the Raiders have a great chance to win a lot of games. And they had a great chance to win that game on Sunday. They just came up short. They just couldn't get their offense going. Again, there's a lot of different reasons for that, but they've got to figure it out quick, fast, and hurry, and they got six games to do so. And we'll talk about those six games coming up in segment number two real quick following Monday night football. So in the Kansas City Chiefs losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 21-17. to uh, The AFC West, West standings go like this. The Chiefs are in first at 7-3. and three. They lost to Monday night football. They're 2-1 and one in the division and 5-1 and one in conference play. The Broncos are sitting right behind them in second place five and five winners of four straight hottest team in football right now one and two in the division and two and four in conference overall the Raiders are five and six obviously they haven't had their bye week they'll get that after the Chiefs game they lost to Miami they're one and one in division play and three and four in the AFC conference and then the Chargers are pulling up the rear at four and six they lost two straight one and one in the division two and three in conference and Brandon Staley is pounding the table trying to keep his job right I mean I don't mean to laugh at him uh, you know because it's a it's a tough gig to keep right I mean it's not easy to keep an NFL head coaching job but man Brandon Staley really is fighting back and pushing back when the defense is what's being questioned and of course Brandon Staley as a defensive-minded guy, uh, saying that that's not the problem, but clearly the defense is the problem when it comes to the Chargers. Uh, they're always expectations are always super high, and here they are sitting in last in the AFC West. Of course, uh, the Raiders have an opportunity to uh, you know improve their division record to two and one, and uh, overall in conference four and four, and uh, obviously improve their overall record to six and six if they can beat the Chiefs coming up 
on Sunday. And again, the, the gap is very narrow in the AFC West. Everyone's conceding the division to the Chiefs, but their offense hasn't been that hot. So a couple losses here, a couple losses there. They're not 100% guaranteed to win the division. They're most likely will win the division because uh, you figure that they're going to figure things out. But their offense has not been what it normally is, and they've really been riding the strength of their defense this year. So if they keep that up, okay, they'll win the division. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Raiders could still slide in and get a wild card spot. Obviously, the Broncos are right ahead of them, but they're 5-5. Five and five. They've only played 10 games as opposed to the Raiders and their 11 games. Coming up in segment number two, don't want to react with six games still left to go. We'll talk about interim head coach Antonio Pierce. We'll talk about Bo Hardegree. We'll talk about Aiden O'Connell and also interim GM Champ Kelly. That's all coming up in segment number two after I tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the show, including the title sponsor, which is Game Time. And you don't want to have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, right? Just like this upcoming game against the Chiefs on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. Anything that you need, they got. They got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They even have an opportunity where you can see your seats before you buy your seats so you know exactly what to expect. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even after an hour after it starts, it's the place to find those last-minute seats. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Right now, what you need to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use lo- promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use that promo code LOCKEDONNFL, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I also want to talk to you about BetterHelp, and this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and this time of year can be a lot. Right. It's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. You got the holidays and sometimes, uh, you know, you get a little sad at this time of year. If maybe you don't have your family around you or something has gone on and you're just not feeling some type of way. And look, I've been that guy that has felt that type of way around the holidays. It's not my favorite time of year for multiple reasons, but there's a lot that you can add to your life. You can add something new and positive to your life that can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy could be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and give you the tools to manage everything that you have going on. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief, brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Again, one more time, BetterHelp.com slash locked on. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to make sure everyone realizes there's still six games left guaranteed to go in the 2023 season for the Silver and Black and that Antonio Pierce, Bo Hardegree, Aiden O'Connell, and Champ Kelly even have not been doing this for a real long time, so not get too high or too low on what's been going on. So let's start off with interim head coach Antonio Pierce. A lot of highs on the first two victories, right? The Giants and the Jets, respectfully, the two New York teams. Everyone's flying high. Hey, man, hire Antonio Pierce. He should be, you know, the long-term solution at the head coaching position. And then they lose to Miami. It's like, get rid of him. Get rid of him. He's not very good. Need a real head coach in there. Get Jim Harbaugh, this, that, and the other. And look, 
I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season, right? I really don't. Uh, I like the energy that Antonio Pierce has brought to the table. I do realize that there's going to be growing pains, and that's what we have to realize as media, as as fans of the team. There's going to be growing pains, growing pains with everyone because it's a lot of new. So far through three games, the Raiders are two and one through three games. I think anyone would take that, especially given where the Raiders were when they made that decision on Halloween to fire Josh McDaniels. They beat two teams that you felt pretty good that they were going to beat, you know, in the New York teams, the Giants and the Jets, and the Jets was tougher because the defense was a lot better. They, and both those games were at the house. So smart time to make the move from Mark Davis because he knew he had two back-to-back games. Well, then they lost their first game on the road, but they clearly went out there to compete. And that's the one thing I want to really hang my hat on when it comes to this, uh, this, this coach and Antonio Pierce. The team is going to compete. They're going to be prepared. They're going to get off the bus with their hair on fire. Like, they did not leave to go to South Beach till Saturday. A lot of people thought they should have left a lot earlier in the week. Remember, uh, Coach McDaniels had the team. They were going to be in Orlando and spend the whole week in Orlando and just get their bodies ready and acclimated. And Antonio Pierce said, man, we're going to treat this like we would in high school. We get on the bus, put our pads on, go out there, have a business trip, play the game, get back on the bus, and come back home. And that's exactly what they did. And they competed and damn near won, right? I mean, the defense did everything they could to win that game, and they really should have if the Raiders' offense had showed up. And, and I don't want to say showed up because they did show up. They just weren't able to execute, and they just weren't good enough on, uh, on, on Sunday. Again, missed opportunities. But uh, the team in general, there was no lack of effort as far as I'm concerned. So they're competing. They're prepared. They expect to win games. They've totally taken on the personality of their head coach in Antonio Pierce. So I think so far so good, but we still have six more games. And now you got another game at the house against the chiefs. That is a very winnable game, especially if the defense can go out there and play like they did against Miami. The chiefs offense isn't stellar, right? I mean, look, it's been what three games in a row that the chiefs haven't scored in the second half. And I'm not saying the Raiders are going to shut them out in the second half, but it's possible they really could. And as long as the Raiders offense gets cooking a little bit, they have a chance to win. Now, the Chiefs' defense is really good. They've been the strength of the team this year, so that's going to be difficult. But uh, Antonio Pierce has an opportunity to still lead this team to some big-time wins, including this upcoming game against the Chiefs. So I just don't want everyone to overreact to one loss and think that, oh, this guy stinks, he's no good, he's uh, you know Josh McDaniels 2.0, whatever, uh, all hype, no go, whatever the case may be. And I heard a lot of that on Monday. And it was disappointing because again, I do think that there's a good direction that this team is going. Even if it's only for the final six games of the season, I don't think anyone should be hanging their head on what this team is doing because at least you know that they're going out there with all the energy and all the effort. And that's all you can ask for. All I care about, if they go out there and compete and put their best football on the field and leave it out there, I'll live with the results. Just like I lived with the results from them losing against Miami. Of course, I, I didn't. I wasn't happy with it. I knew that they missed some opportunities, but I knew that they left everything they had out there on the field. And so that transitions into interim offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree, who probably has the hardest job out of everyone. Like Antonio Pierce could be the motivator. Antonio Pierce could be the guy that has the guys fired up, ready to run through a wall. Bo Hardegree has got to, you know, he's got to hit the X's and O's, right? He's the guy that's got to be able to call the game, and it's not easy, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's a very fine art to calling offensive plays. It's not easy at all. You call a, first, a play in the first quarter to set up a play in the fourth quarter. You call a play in the second quarter to set up a play in the third quarter. I mean, it's just, it's an it's a, it's a ultimate chess match. It's not checkers. Right. I mean, it's such a difficult thing. It's not like good and Madden and you just look at the boxes like, oh, I'm going to run this because that's what I'm really good at. Oh, this works every time. This is what I'm going to run. You can't do that. And this is a first time play caller. 
So he's three games in. The first couple games, you saw, okay, it was pretty creative. You saw them taking some down-the-field shots. You saw them getting the ball to J.J. You know, you had 98 yards and 116 yards in the two wins, and then only 14 carries and about 39 yards in the loss to Miami. So now teams have film on what Bo Hardegree likes to call. So that makes it even that much more difficult. So he's got to stay and get more creative. And that's why it's such a fine art when you're an offensive play caller and you're really good at it because you're always staying one step ahead of the defense. You know the defense is going to find ways to catch up. You've got to put your best foot forward. And, hell, you saw the Raiders' defense do a really good job against Miami and their good play calling that they have in Coach McDaniel down there in South Beach, right? I mean, he looks he's looked at as one of the best offensive play callers in the league, and the Raiders' defense had their way with them. So can you imagine what a guy that's only in his third game is going to you know look like going up against Vic Fangio, who's a longtime defensive coordinator? Yeah, he, he threw the, the book at Bo Hardegree and said, okay, I'll figure this one out, right? I mean, and that's the thing. So you got to be patient also with the play calling. You know, he, he threw he had a lot of throws that, that he had Aiden O'Connell throwing to the, to the sideline, and, you know, there was, there was too many times that be, was becoming predictable, and I thought at one point the Dolphins were probably going to jump in and take it to the house. Uh, the wide receivers kept getting lit up. If it was Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, whatever the case may be, uh, the Dolphins, their, their, their DBs, eventually knew that, okay, this is what's coming. I thought that they were going to do a couple, you know, like uh, pump and goes and, and uh, you know, s- s- double moves and, and, you know, have a fake to the sideline, then have the wide receiver take off. And I just thought that that's how they were setting it up, and they really never did that. And, oh, by the way, not only is Bo Hardegree uh, a first-time offensive coordinator, only calling plays for the third time so far, he's also working with a rookie quarterback that they're not too sure what he's got yet. And I don't think – that they're 100% confident and trust Aiden O'Connell 100% yet either. I know uh, Antonio Pierce named him the starting quarterback as soon as he was named the interim head coach, but I could just tell by the way that they're not aggressive at the end of the first half, you know, was trying to protect the team and protect the quarterback, that they don't have 100% trust in him. They know that they're bringing him along, and he's struggling just a little bit, but you're expected to see that. He's a rookie quarterback which, again, is something that we talked about early in the season when everyone was pounding the table. Put Aiden O'Connell in. Put Aiden O'Connell in. He's the truth. He could win games. Uh, we know who Jimmy G is. We know who Brian Hoyer is. All that is true, but rookie quarterbacks are going to struggle. Rookie quarterbacks are going to go through bumps and bruises, and, you know, and, and everyone's ready to just abandon Aiden O'Connell. Give him some time to grow. Again, this is what I was pounding the table for. Wait, wait, wait. His time will come, and when it does, let him ride this out and see what he's got. So he's got six more games. As long as he doesn't you know, sink the ship and he doesn't uh, get injured, he'll be the guy moving forward. And I'm okay with that because by the end of that six games, you'll know who he is. Is he the guy or isn't he the guy? I know people have their feelings right now, and it's going to change from week to week. If they go in there and beat Kansas City on Sunday, then all of a sudden Aiden O'Connell is going to be the uh, greatest thing since cash money. Right. So you, you just kind of got to ride with the wave, but realize he's only had four career starts. Uh, he's played in five games. He's 90 for 145, 946 yards, three touchdowns, six INTs. He's been sacked 12 times, four fumbles and lost twice. So obviously that's not very good. Six picks, sacked 12 times, four fumbles, and lost two. He's still holding on to the ball too long. He's still staring down the wide receivers. Uh, he's still being a rookie, and he only has three touchdown passes. So, again, that's going to happen. But at some point, you'll think it's either going to click or it's not. But by the end of the season, you'll know exactly who he is. At this point, Raider Nation, I mean, hell, once your coach gets fired by Halloween, you figure the season's over. The season's clearly not over. They still have a lot of hope. Just get behind them, support the guys, and see what they got including this Sunday against the Chiefs, which I believe is a very winnable game, and I have a lot more confidence based off what I saw with the Raiders against Miami 
I have a lot more confidence in them going into this game against the Chiefs than I did before, and we'll just have to see how they operate. But this Chiefs defense is tough. Steve Spagnuolo is doing a hell of a job, so he's going to have them pinning their ears, ears back getting after Aiden O'Connell. Hopefully Colton Miller's ever able to come back because that offensive line is going to have their hands full with Chris Jones and company trying to get after Aiden O'Connell. But remember, new, new, and new. It's rookie quarterback, rookie interim offensive coordinator and play caller, rookie interim head coach in Antonio Pierce. And that leads us with Champ Kelly, the interim GM. His job, as he told Vic Tafer in The Athletic, really good piece that he put out in The Athletic, that his job is to support the team, support the coaching staff, right? Get, get Antonio Pierce and company, uh, Patrick Graham and company, whatever they need, right? Just like they went out and made the move for Jack Jones. They needed another corner. They went and got another corner. Uh, Champ Kelly is, is there to also uh, try to make sure that the culture is right around the team. Something he told me when in, in the introductory press conference, you know, hey, what, what do you, uh, you know, what are you expecting from this team? Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to have hard, tough conversations, but we want them to be able to have hard, tough conversations back with us. And we've got to make sure we create this culture. On my radio show on Monday on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, I uh, had Ari Mayrov from the 33team.com on. And uh, he's a real good dude. He's got his finger on the pulse of the NFL, uh, runs in the circles of a lot of insiders in the NFL. He's an insider in the NFL. So you hear my question about Antonio Pierce and what people around the league are saying, especially after hearing uh, Ian Rappaport's uh, thoughts on, on Antonio Pierce and what Mark Davis is feeling about the direction that the team is going. Here's Ari Mayrov talking about Antonio Pierce and also Champ Kelly and uh, really listen to what he says about Champ Kelly and how well-respected he is around the NFL. What are you hearing in your inner circles, the folks that you run with, about the job that Antonio Pierce has done so far through three weeks? Well, I mean, listen, I've been impressed with the person, the leader, the way the locker room has come together, the way the players are way more free and just essentially not walking on eggshells. And you're, you're there every day, so you would know this way better than me, but it feels like a completely different environment compared to what it was before. So, listen, I think Mark Davis, the owner, is going to give him a real shot, and there's no reason to believe he won't. And I think the reality of the players wanting Rich Passaccia the last time and Mark Davis now listening is going to be in Mark Davis's head going into this whole thing. So there are still a bunch of games left here this year. Things could either go up or go completely down and forget about it. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But if AP could actually put this together, I mean, they were in it yesterday, regardless of how sloppy it was. So, like, um, give, give credit for that. But if he's able to figure this out and, you know, keep the ship afloat, um, I think Mark Davis will strongly consider removing the interim tag. Let's try this for one more year. Let's give Champ Kelly a chance to run in offseason. Champ Kelly, I think I told you last time, widely respected around the league. I mean, there's not a single person who will tell you anything negative about him. So if they could figure this out for the rest of the year, I don't know why. I just get this feeling that they're going to stick with them for one more year and see what they got with these two guys. So you hear him right there saying that he feels like if Antonio Pierce uh, can continue to lead this team, that you know he feels like Mark Davis will take the interim off of uh, the title for Antonio Pierce and give him at least another one-year deal uh, to see what he can do. And Champ Kelly, give him a whole offseason to see what he can do and what direction he can send this team in. Uh, I think that it would be... I don't want to say dangerous to do a one-year deal. I think you have to give them at least a couple years deal just so they have a little bit of security and say, hey, it's a one-year deal. We'll go back – or a two-year deal. We'll go back and revisit after one year based off what you do. But I just feel like if you only give them a one-year deal – and maybe they'll take it. Maybe they'll say, you know what, we trust ourselves. We'll bet on ourselves and we'll go for it. 
But I just think it's a little dangerous to do that, and it's not very much job security. And, uh, you know, these coaches want to have a little bit of security. So I think that it would need to be at least a two-year deal. Uh, but I'd be all for especially allowing Champ Kelly to have an whole offseason just to see what he can do as a GM because I think he could do some really good things. And so far through three games, and again, I don't want to overreact one way or the other with Antonio Pierce. It feels like it's going in the right direction. They have six games to still prove it. But, again, it feels like it's headed in the right direction. So I just want to give everyone a reminder that, remember, there are only three games into this. And with the fourth game coming up on Sunday versus the Kansas City Chiefs. What's on your mind? Your calls and texts are coming up next, 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. We'll get into that after I tell you about FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's better. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And I'm so mad at myself. I was sitting at uh, this this uh, casino around the corner from the house, Green Valley Ranch here in, uh, in Vegas area, and I was thinking about that Raider game against the Dolphins and knowing that they were 13.5-point underdogs. I kept saying, I need to go put $50 on the Raiders. I don't think they're going to get blown out. I said it on the podcast multiple times. I don't think they're going to get blown out. Scare money don't make money. I never went and made that bet. I should have made the bet. Obviously, they only lost by seven. Of course, it adds a little bit more stress. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun when you win. It's always stressful, but, uh, you know, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, I could have done that with FanDuel, and I just didn't do it. I looked at it. I looked at my app multiple times, thought about going up to the ticket window multiple times, and just didn't pull the trigger. Well, you could have been a lot better than me, pulled the trigger, and you could have won some money because I'm sure you knew the Raiders weren't going to get beat by 14 points. They were 13.5-point underdogs. So, again, right now, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Join today. It's no better time. Get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. This is segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Try to get to as many as possible. Try to get to them real quickly. We'll start off with a text from Gonzo Raider. Hey, Q. Gonzo Raider here from the 505. So there is never a good L. But based on this last game, there's obviously some glaring issues that need to be remedied. So it's an opportunity to address some areas. Is Aiden O'Connell the quarterback of the future? Maybe. Maybe not. Still too early to tell. One area that will help any quarterback to succeed is the offensive line. The O-line gives the quarterback time in the pocket and holds for J.J. to exploit. Once that area is addressed, almost any level of quarterback can succeed, especially with offensive weapons. Also, I'd like to see Aiden O'Connell scramble more, or when there is a hole to run, will help to keep the D on his toes. Another big test with Kansas City, but I always get stay optimistic. We can get that W. Raider Nation all day, every day. Let's go. That's Gonzo Raider. And, yeah, the offensive line definitely needs work, right? And I think that that was a fail uh, on Dave Ziegler's part, and I like Dave Ziegler a lot, but I think that that was a fail on his part to not address the offensive line more in the offseason when they had the opportunity, really just to think that, okay, uh, basically the guys that we had last year, we'll get it done this year, we'll just make a tweak here or there. I think that they should have really uh, built up that offensive line, especially knowing they brought in Jimmy G, who is a guy that's very injury-prone. you got to keep him upright, and of course you want to have uh, open holes for Josh Jacobs to run through. As far as Aiden O'Connell scrambling, it's just not going to happen very much. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to run uh, a couple times when he sees some grass, he'll try to go and pick up some yardage, but he's just not that guy. And that's what I prefer. 
Again, he doesn't have to be a guy that is, you know, a, a run first dude. He's a guy that can keep plays alive or even just roll the pocket a little bit and give them opportunity and make a few off script plays. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I think that the Raiders need more than anything is a guy that can make some off script plays. But then again, like I said, that's just me. We'll see what Aiden O'Connell has the rest of the rest of the way with six game, games left to go. And he might be a guy that can sit back in the pocket and pick teams apart. And if that's the case, so be it. But for my money, I prefer a guy that at least has the opportunity to keep plays alive and, you know, make some off script plays with his legs. But thanks for, so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Raider Geyer and Sunland Cali. He's calling to talk about the game as the Raiders went up against the number one offense in the league and, of course, comments on the Raiders' offense as well. Here he is, Raider Geyer in Sunland, California. What's up, Q? This is Raider Geyer calling from Sunland, California. Just got done watching the game. I got to say, the defense played phenomenally. Number one offense in the NFL did not score a touchdown in the second half. We held them to two field goals. Both came by, by way of the third quarter. Zero points for the Dolphins in the fourth quarter. Defense played super well. The offense looked out of sync all day. They had some untimely penalties. Aiden O'Connell made some poor decisions throwing the ball, and he held the ball for way too long. Uh, I will say this. I am encouraged. We look pretty good today. The offense just going to put something together. A couple plays here and there. Uh have been a different outcome of this game. So, again, defense played phenomenally. Offense did not look good. Aiden O'Connell looked even worse. Dude, thanks for all you do, bro. Love your show, man. Have a great week. And uh, let's try and get a, a W next week. Thanks for the call. And, yeah, the Raiders' offense was bad. There's no other way to put it, right? They just weren't good, and they really haven't been good all season. Uh, it's been the $100 million question, right? Why is this team only averaging 16 points a game? You're not going to win a whole lot of games unless you're the 85 Bears or you're the, you know, what, 03 Ravens or whatever it was that, you know, just are stellar. And, and they're not, right? The defense did a damn good job on Sunday against the Dolphins, but they're still not that team. They've got to find a way to score with all those weapons they should be able to, and it just never came to fruition, which is very frustrating. That was what I thought was going to be the strength of the team, and clearly it is not the strength. The defense is the strength, and that's a, that's, a good, that's a good surprise. I'm glad to see the defense. I hope that they're able to sustain that not only this year but for years to come. I would love to see a, a Raiders team with a, a pretty dominant defense for, you know, and young guys to build with, but that offense has got to complement them as well. So thanks so much for that call. I appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Aaron in San Diego. Q, observations from O'Connell's play on the game. One, overall for a fourth-round rookie, he looks promising and like the game isn't too big. Two, did a good job of finding different receivers on second and third reads. Example, Renfro, Myers, and Tucker. Three, definitely needs to feel the rush and take off scrambling more, even if he's not the most mobile quarterback. Can't take sacks on critical downs. Four, some of the decisions were not good. Might be play calling. Throwing to the end zone of fourth and two to a wide receiver double covered, partly by Jalen Ramsey. Cost them points. Thanks. That's Aaron in San Diego. And those are all four valid points. Again, going back to the taking off scrambling, I don't think you're going to see that very much from Aiden O'Connell. It's just not really in his DNA. Um, and, and that's probably one of the biggest knocks on him. Uh, and then at the end of the game and, and, you know, fourth down and throwing the ball into the end zone, he's just trying to make a play. He's just trying to get the, the Raiders going in the right direction because their offense had been stale all day long, and he was just trying to make something happen. So wasn't too mad at that, but you're right. I mean, the, the decision-making has got to be a little bit better. Being able to find other wide receivers is important. You know, you got to get Devontae involved, but you got to get other guys involved too. I love the connection that he has with Michael Mayer. You can continue to see that grow each and every week, and that's something that's important because he's a rookie as well, and he's going to continue to develop. I think he's going to be a big-time weapon 
for this Raiders offense. But you're right. There's things about his game that definitely looks promising. There's areas of his game that he still needs to grow. But thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Big Mike in New Jersey. He's calling to talk about Josh Jacobs to feel like he knows the reason why he hasn't having a stellar season like he did last year, and then talks about the defense, and he even brings up Jimmy G. Here's Big Mike in New Jersey. Hey, Q. This is uh, Big Mike, fire chief out of New Jersey. I'm calling in to let you know I figured out why Jacob is not really running well. Last year, he had a fullback in the backfield with him. So every time they gave him the ball, the fullback would come up and take whoever shows to open up the hole. This year, we're not doing that, and the whoever is blocking for him is not blocking. They're getting in the gap, and he can't get through. So I think that's one thing that they need to do. Uh, number two, on the defense, you know, the, the guys – in the secondary, got to tackle a lot better than they are. But as far as I would have either brought Jimmy G in after the third quarter and see if he can mount something, you know. I mean, he's, he's a little more experienced, and uh, you know, as much as I, I don't, I'm not crazy about him. You know, you could see he was pressing the kid. But I tell you the truth, I like him, and they got to do something. You can't have him throwing things. To uh, what's his name? All the time, Avante. You got to start talking to other people, and you know what? Renfro should be getting a lot more, especially down in the red zone. So, as I said, I think this game, even though we lost, is going to help us against Kansas City. I think we're going to beat Kansas City. You know, if they don't play conservative. Will beat them. You can't be conservative against high-powered offense. You got to fight it out. So that's my thing, Q. Thank you very much, and let's go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And you know, the fullback. I wouldn't say that that's the reason, right? The two best games Jacobs has had this season. There was no fullback there. Jakob Johnson was uh, out with a concussion, and then last week against Miami. Uh, they had, they released him. They waived uh, Jakob Johnson on Friday, which actually caught me off guard, caught me uh, by surprise that they did that, but they did that on Friday. And, well, Miami just decided that Jacobs wasn't going to be a factor. They were going to take him out or do everything they could to take him out. And that's what most teams have done this year, right? People talked about it early in the year. They didn't fear Jimmy G and his arm to stretch the ball down the field. Now Aiden O'Connell has a stronger arm so he can get the ball down the field. He just hasn't had as many opportunities as I, I think he'd like to do. And uh, I think the Raiders would like to see as well. As far as Jimmy G goes, I think that ship has sailed, right? And in my opinion, barring O'Connell taking a huge step back or an injury, uh, which I don't root for either one of those, uh, I, I just think that it's going to be the Aiden O'Connell show the rest of the way. Uh, the defense hasn't been perfect, but they've given the Raiders a chance to win games. They're only allowing 20.5 points per game, which is, uh, that's really good. That gives your, your team a chance to win every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. The only problem is, as I mentioned earlier, the offense is only averaging 16 points per game. So, that's not going to give your team a chance to win very many games if that's all your average is, 16 points per game. So uh, that's the problem. But thanks so much for the call, Big Mike. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll close things out with a text from Jason in Colorado. 
Hey, Q's Jason in Colorado with a first-time text. Thanks for the podcast. I appreciate the passion you have for your work in the Raiders. It starts off uh, all my listening days. I wanted to weigh in on the problems with the offense. It seems to be the line. We have great skill players and a young but promising rookie at cornerback. The running can't, game can't get going because Josh is frequently getting hit or having to dodge defenders in the backfield. Stack box or not, that level of penetration is us being dominated, impossible to overcome. On passing downs, the pocket collapses often and the pressure on the quarterback seems consistently present. Good performance grades or not, they, I, the eye test uh, shows me that nothing that happens beyond our line feels easy or under control. We have gone cheap on it for years, and the quality on the field shows. I'm glad we finally focus on the defensive line, but the O-line is now suffering with the stopgap personnel we try to plug in. I don't think offense will ever get a chance to click with the current group of guys up front. Seeing the team fight hard for AP has been a breath of fresh air and saved enjoyment in the season. Here's the hoping that the line has addressed this offseason. Go Raiders. That's Jason in Colorado, and that's spot on, man. That's a really good uh, text right there because the offensive line, as I mentioned, I thought that that was a mistake by Dave Ziegler and company not to, uh, you know, really invest in the offensive line and really make sure that they got the right guys in place. I thought that was a huge mistake. And well, it's, it's showing that it is. And you're right about Jacobs, man. I mean, he's four yards back in the backfield. He's already trying to uh, dodge defenders. That's not going to get him, you know, a whole lot of yards. So, I mean, we talked about with big Mike talking about the fullback. It's more of the offensive line, just not, blocking and holding their blocks to at least let Josh Jacobs get to the line of scrimmage. Give him at least a chance. He's literally getting the ball and having to make a move or two just to just to pick up a yard or get back to the line of scrimmage, and that's not going to get it done. And, of course, the passing game suffers as well. So uh, thanks so much. Appreciate you being a first-time texter. Please don't let that be your last text. We definitely appreciate you and appreciate all the feedback on the show and the fact that you're listening to it uh, first thing in the morning. I think that that's awesome. So that's going to do it for today's show. We're going to meet with Antonio Pierce later on this afternoon. The schedule's changed up a little bit different because of the, the holiday on Thursday, Thanksgiving holiday. So, uh, yeah, we'll meet with him around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be there, and then I'll make a beeline uh, to Studio Q and get ready for the show uh, Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So it's going to be a busy day today. I'm good with that. I love busy. I stay busy, and we stay busy here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.